Welcome to For the Love of God podcast, a show for Christians that keep it real. Whether you're new to Christianity, a seasoned Christian, or dipping your toes in the baptismal water, this show is for you. Join us and strengthen your Christian walk. Play games and discover new music. This ain't your mama's Christian podcast. For the love of God! Oh my goodness. That, baptism, that baptismal water is cold. <laughs> <laughs> Had my toes in there a minute ago. Holy moly. What is that noise? Oh, it's a song. It's like a mighty yes. <laughs> How is everybody doing tonight? Super, super. That's fantastic. Um, folks, we have a great show for tonight. We have news with Nate, our guest, Kim Ledgerwood, and a closing prayer, maybe done by our guest. Who knows? We'll have to see. Kim Ledgerwood is a Toronto police officer for 30 years, happily retired. She was asked to write a personal story in a compilation book that is being published really soon. We'll find out when that's coming out when she gets here. So uh, she'd be good. She's from Canada and uh, she should be here any moment on Zoom Airlines. I heard they fly just about anywhere. They do. Cheap tickets too. Especially from Canada. <laughs> <laughs> now is she actually visiting us or are we visiting her? How does that work? She's visiting us. Okay. All right, very good. We're not allowed in Canada. Apparently, no one's allowed out either. She just took a trip, though. She went to Florida. I yeah. How, I don't know how she pulled that off. Hmm. Good afternoon. Hi, Kim. Uh oh. There Hi. we go. There we go. <laughs> how are you guys? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Wow, look at your setup. Yeah. We rock and roll over here. You sure do. How's the weather up there? Cold and miserable. Boo. Where are you at I like exactly? Her already. I'm in the land of the non-free. I <laughs> am in um, Ontario, Canada. You know what? If you don't mind, we have we, we have a segment of the show called News with Nathan. Oh, that's me, by the way. Uh, would you mind kind of telling our listeners what you're dealing with up there instead of that segment today? What we're dealing with is uh, everything is closed down. You can't go to the store to buy anything that's non-essential. If there's a store open and they sell um, essentials such as food or drink, then that's all you're allowed to grab off the shelves. They've put yellow tape um, on the sections that you're not allowed to pick anything to buy. There are stores that are unfortunately going under and, um, you know, up for lease because they didn't make it. You can't go into any stores right now. It's uh, some are curbside pickup. Um, some stock of things that people want, you can't get. Um, if you want the cost, I don't know if this is everywhere, but to buy wood now, people can't uh, afford to put decks on new homes or re do repairs because the costs of things are going up. And yeah, it's just... Um, I mean, they did try and cut, they did try and um, tape off the playgrounds for everybody. But now, uh, I guess with the backlash and parents having a fit, they've like, I have a backyard playground here where I live. There was yellow tape on it four days ago and then there isn't right now and the kids are out there. So it's just, um, hmm. you don't know what's happening day by day. 
and the rumors of what's to come is, you know, the scaring people. Like it's just the, the unknown. We're open, so, we're, we're open, we're closed. <laughs> we've heard of some of the more draconian things that are, that you guys are facing up there. So thank you for kind of giving us a, a little bit of an insight from a, a, a first per, first person perspective. Now I, I have a question. It, it, you're telling me that if you go into a store, that some of the items in the store you can buy and others would be taped off. Yep. What yep. is the purpose of that? I wonder. I can't even uh, just uh, power run amok. Huh. Uh, that is pe- so particularly strange. people in government thinking that they have the right to make those choices for other people. I mean, I'm already in the store. I'm already buying what you say is essential. Why can't I pick up that other item? That's just crazy. I went. I um. I just finished a quarantine of two weeks because I traveled. So I had just finished that, and it was my big day out. I was very excited that I was going to get to leave the house. So I was going to the dollar store. And I just wanted gum, a picture frame, um, some moving tape, and I can't remember what else. And I went, and I'm wondering where everybody is because it because I've been locked up. I've not realized I haven't been out in the real world, but it seemed like a ghost land. And I go into the dollar store, going, "Well, where are all the people?" Because usually there's more people. And um, yeah, I could only get my gum and uh, <laughs> and the tape. Every, I couldn't, they wouldn't allow me to pick off the other stuff from the shelves. So it was on the shelf. You weren't allowed to buy it. Right. Correct. And then I, I was leaving and I needed some keys made. Right. And I thought, oh, I'll go to Canadian Tire because I don't want to go home yet because I've been locked up in the home for two weeks. And uh, you can't even get into Canadian Tire to make a key because it's all um, curbside pickup. So I couldn't get any keys made either. From what I've heard, there's you actually have to have a, a pass in order to be on the roads. Is that correct? No, no, no. That's not true. Um, they tried to get the police services to uh, pa- give them the power to stop uh, stop people and inquire as to where they're going and what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, he didn't have the authority to do so. The mayor. Okay, that's good. That's good news. Yeah, because. Uh, Fortunately, um, there's already, I mean, I don't know if you remember, a few years ago, well, Black Lives Matter um, had, with Toronto Police specifically, had said that uh, the Toronto Police, it was in the Toronto Star, were biased, racist, uh, by arbitrarily stopping too many Black people and investigating them. And their names would go on cards, they were investigative cards. So as a result of that, um, uh, regulation was passed that we cannot arbitrarily stop anybody to investigate them unless there's 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 due cause to do so. So um, that coming into effect was what the police turned around and said, no, this regulation is in existence and we're not going to do it. Now, if that wasn't in existence, I'll bet you they would be doing it right now. So at the time, uh, the police service were up in arms, right? That we, you know, we've been cast under that um, umbrella of being uh, biased and racist. But uh, it's funny how things now have turned that it's worked to society's benefit that that's not what they're doing. Because if that what if that were to start, we are starting a martial law, and the army would be soon to be coming in and you can like our, our rights would even more be infringed upon scary things to think about, but I really appreciate you sharing. And, and I heard in your, uh, the way you're kind of describing it uh, with your, cause if I understand correctly, you have a police background, right? I do. Yep. 
Okay. So I heard you mentioning that uh, you were kind of owning the police, uh, the identity there. So I appreciate you sharing that as well. But uh, all right. Well, thank you for, for giving us a little bit of a picture of what you guys are dealing with. I do have other questions, but I don't want to take away from, from, from Jason's perspective. Here. Well, I'll tell you what, it, that just, just that little story made me glad that I am here where, I, I mean, I feel like we're enjoying all kinds of freedom compared to what you guys are going through. Well, I did, like I said, I, uh, I took a trip to Florida a month ago and I was there for two weeks and I came back and in Florida, I was like, this is a free land. I want to stay here. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> That's what the packing tape was for, right? <laughs> 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 I'm going back. <laughs> I'm telling you, people were wearing masks respectively when they were out, right? In restaurants and some places said it was mandatory on their door windows, but nobody was fighting. Nobody was yelling at anybody. And if you weren't in the store, people were living their lives. People were on the beach. People were out and about. People were riding their bikes. Like people were happy. Yeah. Happy, happy. And then I came, I tell you, I've never uh, come home on a plane and been so sad to come back into Canada. Mm -hmm. That plane ride, because everybody knew what was waiting for us when we landed in Toronto, was so quiet and and energyless. Like a funeral. Yeah. And nobody was talking to anybody because I think nobody wanted to ask, well, what are you doing? Are you going to do the test? Are you going to go quarantine in the in the mandatory hotel and pay $2,000? Are you going to get $3,000 in fines? Are you going to do the COVID test when you land? Are you like, nobody said anything. And then it was the weirdest thing. Like I, I, you know, there's movies like that when people disappear off the plane, I got off the plane, I go up into uh, immigration and uh, they took me to another section because I said, I, I'm not staying in a hotel. Um, And then when I, when I got my luggage, all the people on my plane were gone. I don't know what happened to them. I don't know if they got scurried away to the hotel or if like I, it was, I've never experienced the eeriness of what's happening. And our, you know, our Pearson hotel in Toronto is busy, busy, busy all the time. Like echo, just so quiet. And then I land in um, Charlotte and uh, on a layover to go to Florida and, and everybody's hustle bustle. Like they're all wearing masks, but people are like, it's like everything's normal, but everybody's wearing masks. So I just yeah. don't. You were fortunate enough to go to Florida where we actually have a, a pretty good leader in DeSantis down there. So yeah, um, things are, are pretty good in Florida right now. We do have a, a couple of leaders that are not as good as DeSantis in, in some other states. Ohio is kind of like a middle, middle ground. Our guy is sometimes good, sometimes not so good. But yeah. I am really curious to hear you uh, hear your perspective on how is the Christian Church reacting to what you're seeing um, up there in Canada right now. Well, um, it depends on which church. There are some churches, like the one that I was attending, that um, has done everything that the government has asked them to in regards to shutting down. Um, at one point when they were, when they were allowing people in, it was very regimented and you had to register before you were going to church. You got sat, you know, if you weren't with the family, which is fine. Right. But, uh, and you had to wear a mask for the whole time too. And at one point we weren't allowed to sing, uh, with a mask or without a mask. So of course that took, and of course there's less people too, because you could now they could stream it from home for those that didn't feel comfortable to go. So, yeah, and then now it's completely shut down. And, I mean, um, there, are, there are some underground things happening, right? 
for those that, you know, it's all secret squirrel stuff. Um, I myself was witnessed this Sunday to police officers stopping people when they were coming out of church. And oh my. like, so Some the Gestapo is, level stuff there. That's sad. Yeah. yeah the it one, <clears throat> the one pastor just got out of, um, confinement, solitary confinement for two weeks up there in Canada. I, I'm not sure what party's from. Um, yeah, there, there's one church in particular that has like com- completely rebelled. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of made yeah. the news down here in the yeah. States. They, they arrest him. He goes to solitary confinement for two weeks, gets out, comes back to his church and it has three layers of fencing surrounding it. But yeah. it doesn't make any sense to me. It's crazy. It's encouraging to hear about the underground church though, that there is a, a, a portion of the church that is like, no, we're not playing by these rules. Yeah. God says to worship corporately. We're going to worship corporately. Your rules be darned. Right. Well, I mean, that's and what that's they're doing in China. So you have, you have, the, sorry, you have the people that are exactly what you said. Like, this is not what God wants. He, we are still to worship him and, you know, and go to church and be together and do this. Not, not, not by what the government says. So there's, a, there's very much a divide as well. Um, but it's fear. It's fear that's that's driving it, because pe- people are fearful. Fearful, fearful that the police are going to be waiting outside of the church and giving you a ticket, right? Which is just come on now, you know. Um, it, you can go to a grocery store and walk around with your mask on and be net, side to side with somebody and pick apples and and people are touching them and but you can't go to church, right? Like it. It just proves that it's it's not about the COVID. There's certainly more to the. It's about it's a spiritual battle. I it's about it. going against God. Yeah, yeah. It's take. They're trying. My belief is they're trying to take. To, yeah, they're taking God away or take the faith away that they think that that's. And I, this is just my thoughts, of course, right? But if you if you take God away, then you're taking our our faith and our, and our belief that this is all going to be, this is all going to work out. Like it's almost like they're trying to suppress God basically. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's the, de- the devil's work. It is the devil's work. 100%. That, that always happens whenever a government starts to take too much control, you know, God has to find his way out because people that are following God are not going to listen to the government. So they try to take God out of the picture. It's what they did, you know, in Russia, you know, it's, in fact, I was just, as I was listening to your story of returning uh, from, uh, from Florida to Canada, I was actually thinking, in fact, I was, it's funny, I was just telling Jason this story earlier when we were having our, our uh, pre-podcast coffee time, and uh, I was telling him how when I was in the military, I had won a free trip to Berlin before the wall came down. And I was able to go cross over and go to East Germany uh, during the time that uh, you know it was still communist controlled and the wall was still up. And you know, I, I remember going into West Berlin, and you know, it's like a happening place. People are you know going to theater, they're going to plays, they're you know doing all the normal things. Everybody had a smile on their face. Uh, it was just you know cheery. And as soon as you crossed, we checked, uh, cr- went through Checkpoint Charlie. And as soon as you got over to the east side, everybody had these blank looks on their face. It was just like, 
it, and it was everybody. It was eerie. And I just kept, I looked at people and I, and it just, it, the, the thought that went through my mind was these people just don't care. They don't have anything to live for, you know? And it seems like that's what governments are, you know, what they're trying, some governments are trying to do right now. Um, luckily, we have a system in America where a lot of the states are fighting against it. Otherwise, we might be in the same boat. See, yeah. And you guys are, I mean, you guys are much better than us. We've got some people fighting against it. I think I think it's growing in the, the protests and the rallies that are happening. Hmm. But, I mean, there's there's so much going on and, and people are being not just re- religion it's like it's almost like a taboo subject now to talk about the vaccine and whether you're getting it or not because mm-hmm. those who have it and believe that you should get it if you're not getting it whoa right you're they're gonna they're gonna shit on you basically <laughs> and if you are if you're not getting it and somebody's got it well you, obviously you have an opinion about the people that have gotten it only because you know you've made a decision not to get it for a reason and it just seems like and then there's people in the same household that are divided my daughter was just here and she doesn't want to get it but um her boyfriend and his parents that she's living with are getting it you know so they the mother has said well we should all get it to be safe but my daughter's opinion is well if you think you're safe when you get the vaccine then why do i have to get it you know, like what I, I've heard when you get the vaccine, besides the, that there's some risk to getting the different vaccines and we don't know the long term effects of it. And I just heard today that it's been confirmed with one insurance company that said, no, if you get the vaccine and you die as a result of getting the vaccine, we will not cover you because the vaccine is experimental. Ooh, yeah! I hadn't thought about that aspect of it, mm. but you're you're exactly right. There are a lot of insurance companies that would take that particular approach. Yeah, and there's a school in Miami that says if your child has been vaccinated, they're not allowed to come to school. They're not. They're not allowed. allowed. Yet they're forcing you to take something yet experimental. Um, <laughs> well, there's been these side effects if you have the, taken the vaccine that you're shedding. I, you're you're outside of the okay. Mind. So it's um it's basically a poison, but things things are coming out of your sweat glands and your breath that that will come on to people that haven't had the vaccine and they're getting sick, um and not just with COVID but other diseases and it's it's been causing problems with pregnant women and oh yeah all, I've heard that yeah, yeah all kinds of things are coming from this. Well, case in point, the person who actually owns the, uh, well, rents, the facility that we're in right now, uh, she, her, her, you know, this is kind of like an example of the family kind of not agreeing. Well, she, her son, uh, who lives out of state, uh, him and his wife just had a baby. And of course, this is uh, her first grandchild. And so she wanted to see grandchild, right? And she's already had COVID. And so she's got the antibodies and they said, well, we're still not comfortable. You got to get the vaccine or we can't let you come and see your granddaughter. So she's like, that's some heavy handed stuff. And she didn't want to do it, but she says, okay, you know, I think it's foolish. I know there's risk. I don't even want this virus or this um, vaccine, but I really want to see my granddaughter. So she goes and gets it. And on Sunday, uh, the day after she gets it, she ends up in the hospital with uh, basically stroke-like symptoms, and she lost her speech. Uh, she was slurring. You know, she had all the you know the 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 signs of having a stroke, 
In addition, she had a swollen spleen uh, be, uh, trying to take out, I guess, all of the junk that had been pumped into her. And uh, yeah, she's still, uh, she's doing okay. We we uh, prayed for her Sunday, and I really believe God turned things around. Um, she is at home resting right now, but uh, yeah, just a terrible situation. The, the You know, just not a safe thing. No, there isn't enough to know about it. But those that have had the vaccine will tell you it's not experimental because they're reading what they want to read. And right. it's... It, yeah, I mean, it's just because they haven't, they have not opened up their minds and really done the research. And the only research you're going to find in the mainstream media is what the government wants you to believe. Right. And anything and truth that comes out, they ban it. They cut you yeah. off. They, oh, oh, I know. I'm like, I nope. banned on stuff from Facebook. So I know how that goes. Right. And right. I've seen it I've seen where they remove the content. Oh, yeah. Every day they're ripping content down because they don't want the truth to get out. I mean, my, my entire family has been vaccinated. My mother, my sisters, their husbands, their kids, and on down the line. And they're wondering why I won't. I was like, well, because I see the truth. I know what this is all really about. And I fear. Power and control. I fear for your safety, honestly, um, because you've taken it. I, I, I'll, I'll risk the coronavirus way before I'll risk that vaccine. The thing is, you're still risking the coronavirus even if you get the vaccine. Right, exactly. It's not a it, it's not right alternative. It's you. You still will get it. So what? You won't get it. You won't get the signs and symptoms as bad, but you're still going to get the apparent everlasting effects of whatever it is that's left in your body. Yeah, I think the, the last couple of folks that I know, besides the person that I mentioned earlier, uh, the last few people that I know that have gotten the vaccine right after it ended up getting the coronavirus. So it did them no good. <laughs> exactly. And it, it's going to be a mess because, and I've met in Florida, right? Cause they're getting the, you guys are getting the vaccines much, much quicker than we are here. That's another thing um, that we're, they're not rolling them out as promised. There isn't enough here, but regardless, sorry. So with you, uh, there was a couple that had gotten the, they're in their late sixties and they both got their second vaccine and, all of a sudden now it's okay for me to hang out with them and be around them because, Oh, don't worry. I have the vaccine. And I'm thinking, I don't think it works that way. You know, like that now you think everything's okay because you've got the vaccine and that's the danger. Right. Because it's not, they still can give it to people. They still can get it. Yeah. Well, see, that's the thing. <laughs> you can get both the rounds. Now they're talking booster shots. Um, yeah, yeah, I've heard ref I've heard reference yeah, to we having yeah. to get a third shot. Well, they're talking it was like once every six months, and now it's maybe every month. The vaccine, I don't believe, has anything to do with the coronavirus. It's a shot that they wanted everybody to have. I mean, I can go down a rabbit trail of, of so called conspiracy theories, but who knows if it's a conspiracy theory. A lot of things they've been talking about that they say was conspiracy theories turned out not to be. So I'll, I'll so, share this one. If, you, if you're taking medical advice from somebody who believes that the world is overpopulated. Exactly where I was heading. <laughs> I shouldn't have to explain to right. you that that's not a good idea. Right. True. That. Bill Gates has been talking for years about depopulation and there's too many people. And then now his name's all over something that they want everybody to take. That is causing people to, uh, well, here's a few, here's a few headlines. Um, 
women that is in menopause are having periods again. Um, 13 year old, 12 year old, 11 year old girls that haven't had their period are getting their periods. Men are losing sperm count. Uh, people, pregnant women are losing babies. I mean, they're trying to a kill people and B prevent people from having more babies all in one shot. I know. I fear for my daughters who are of like 24 and 25 and um, like they look at me, of course. Right. And I told them that it's their choice to do what they want, but they're both leaning towards not getting one. And one's a teacher and she's getting the pressure being a teacher. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, happening here too. Um, and I fear like I, I do because I, of course I want grandchildren. Right. And I'm like, is, is there any truth to this? And I, I believe if you, you don't want to believe but the truth, did we want to believe there was going to, this was going to happen? I don't think anybody, everybody would have said you were crazy if you predicted this was going to happen and what's happening here. I can't believe it. I'm a Canadian and I can't believe what's happening right now because I don't see what is justifying what's happening right now. Do you know what I mean? I don't mm-hmm. want people to be dying in the streets or anything and have it to that you know, magnitude, but what's happening just doesn't, just doesn't jive. And then right. you go to some place like Florida and I mean, people are people wherever you go. Why can't we just live that way and, and be, you know, and, <laughs> and, and live on without having these closures and openings. What they're doing is screwing with people's mm. mental health up here. Huge. The, the, it, there's, they don't tell you about the increase in the suicides in the, the, it was 40% in the first COVID round. Now it's 60%. The LCBO, which is the liquor store up here, has increased in sales. Yeah, wow. 60% because people are turning to alcohol and drugs. And conveniently, um, marijuana was legalized. I think it was planned. It was legalized like what? A year before this all happened because I knew people mm-hmm. would need something to get through this all. Right. So let's just legalize mm-hmm. it and make some money off of that when people turn to that, when they have nothing else to do. It's um, it's bad times up here, man. People are losing their jobs. People, uh, you can't get a rental because the landlords, like, some of them aren't getting their rent from people who have stopped paying. And the government has said that that's okay. Government is printing off so much money that they've um, given people, like that that our dollar is worth, is like mm-hmm. devaluing. Yeah, we're kind of running into that yeah. in the States yeah. too. Like it's it's just happening a little slower. Prices are going up. Um, gas prices are going up. Food prices are going up. Yeah, lumber is practically gold now. Yeah, a two dollar and fifty cent two by four is now eight dollars. Yeah, I know. I noticed that yesterday. I went in to buy some lumber for the to fix my back deck, and I, I looked at the price and I said, "Yeah, I think I'll wait a minute." <laughs> yeah, some woman sold a house that was valued at uh, it was a rundown house. I think it had a hundred and fifty thousand dollar value. It sold for over half a million dollars. Wowzers. Yeah, that's another thing. So that's just gone ridiculous. Uh, people are paying $300,000 more for houses. There's battles over houses, bidding wars. Um, it's a great seller's market. Mm. Let's put it that way. Good luck buying but, one. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not but sure what the deal is. Why exactly. do people even want to buy these houses? I think, uh, yeah, well, I... I it's who is buying these houses. Ah, right? there's, there's the, there's the big question mark right there. Hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of corporations buying up houses right now yes. and paying more than they're worth. Well, yes. well, something I heard was now this may be far st- reaching, 
but I heard, I mean, once, once their big plan goes into effect completely down the road, they're talking about nobody will be able to own a house. Mm. Uh, they're going to build these basically large ap- apartment complexes that everybody will live in and you won't have your own land. You won't have anything. It would be their property. You'll live in this little box with everybody else. And maybe that's why Bill Gates is buying all that farmland right now. Oh, there you go. He, he is the number one. Yeah. That's actually just recent. You'll use public transportation because you can't own a car unless it's electric car or whatever. Who knows? So, quite frankly, we'll no longer be people. We'll be cattle. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I don't think we'll be here. I don't think we'll be here uh, <laughs> as Christians. Uh, the unbelievers will have to face the face the. Uh, <laughs> which which brings me to another point. I read. I you was, know, before we get too far into this, did you do a proper introduction of our? No, guest? We'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, we've been speaking with. What's your name again? <laughs> I, I, I introduced her before she came on, but she didn't know it. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> um, um, oh, I was reading the Bible today. I forget what verse it was, but they they were talking about how God, okay, God knows who, with his foresight, who will come to him and who won't. And he will blind the unbeliever from the truth. And the believers will see. Which is a great delusion, a great bright light as to why Christians, true Bible believing, Jesus following Christians are not getting vaccinated, are not believing all the real new, uh, the news that they want to show us, but believe, actually believe the truth. And those that aren't walking in, in the light of the Lord are blind to the truth. Because God knows where their heart is and where it's actually going to end up, the same place it is now, mm-hmm. not with Him, mm-hmm. which makes perfect sense. Well, you know, it kind of reminds me of the very when this first this whole thing first hit, and we heard that uh, you know, oh no, the coronavirus is coming to the United States, uh, you know, and everybody's you know going, oh, we're going to have to shut down churches, we're going to, and I and I remember doing uh, just a video. Uh, for our small little church, I did it from the car. I used to do a thing called In the Car with PR, Pastor Rick. And I did one that day. I hadn't done one in a while. And I said, you know, is that what the church should be doing? Should we be running in fear or should we just trust God and move forward, you know? And, uh, you know, I really think it's, uh, I think Christians, true Christ followers, we live by faith. We do not live by fear. We trust the Lord. We don't, you know, hey, if we get coronavirus, we, if we don't get coronavirus and, and God, and it's our time, then a bus will hit us. A meteor will fall out of the sky. Mm-hmm. Our home will blow up. Something, you know, it, we're not going to fix it with a virus. So I think that true Christians just don't, they're not that concerned with it, you know? Right. Right, and that's the way I feel. I I wasn't I wasn't concerned. I'm like, you know, God, if you want to give me the coronavirus, I'm sure I'll make it. And you know what? I got it like right away. I got it immediately. It was the craziest thing. I'm like, where in the world did I even get it? I didn't even go anywhere, <laughs> and I got it, and it wasn't that big a deal. And I'm like, okay, whatever. He said, sure, if you want, it, go ahead. And I think I I honestly think God gave it to me. I think He allowed me to get it as a blessing because you know what? After you get it, you don't worry about it anymore. Number one, you know, you got the antibodies. Number two. 
you know it didn't kill you the first time, so even if you get it again, you're not really all that concerned. So I think he just said, here, let me bless you with a quick case of <laughs> COVID-19 and you can move on with your life. And that's exactly what I did. Yeah, but, I don't know if I've had it. I had the same experience. <laughs> I got it a few weeks after Pastor Rick from my mom. And uh, I got to tell you, thanks, I mom. lived through it and, it and got over it. Like all the pressure was gone. Right. It was just, it was a real blessing. Right. Well, I don't, I haven't had it unless I'm asymptomatic. I'm not sure. I don't care. It doesn't matter. I'm healthy, whatever. You get, I get the flu usually once a year. I haven't had the, I'm not going <laughs> to. Knock on wood. I'm not sure no, that knock on wood knock thing on works, wood. but. It doesn't work. That's a, that's a pagan thing. Lord, please bless me with the health that you've been giving me. Thank you. Anyway, this has been fun, but the real reason Kim Ledgerwood is here is to talk about your the book that you're in. You mean that she's not here to talk about Corona <laughs> or Canada? No. Or Canada? <laughs> no. So, Jason, tell us about our guest. Well, Kim Ledgerwood is a retired Toronto police officer over 30 years. She has two daughters, 23 and 25. She says she's happily single. <laughs> and she's writing a chapter in a book to empower women to succeed and overcome any challenges. Is that the title of the book or the title of your no, chapter? But you were close. <laughs> oh. Uh, book, it's, um, it's Empowering Women to Succeed uh, Legacy. So there's, it's like the seventh book in this uh, series, okay. six or seven. So there's previous books and they are all of um, co-authors. There's been some men in there, but it's mostly women. So they're just writing uh, one chapter about their experiences that hopefully should encourage and inspire people, you know, and Mm -hmm. uh, so women's stories from women, real women, mine. I got two chapters in the book because I got quite a story and I didn't even get to tell the good stuff. And so now uh, I'll be in another book in December called uh, of the same series, but it's their first uh, coffee table book. And that one's called Leaders with Impact. Uh, and they're okay. only featuring 20 women. Yeah. So it's quite an honor. So I will. Um, I'll Congratulations. Great. Thank you. Yeah. Well, um, maybe some cliff notes of your stories. We don't want to. Yeah, I don't we want people all. to. We wanna, yeah, yeah, you don't want to give it all away. You but, can buy it for dollar forty nine when it comes out. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be cheap. A dollar forty nine. That is a bargain book, right there. That is a bargain yeah. book. <laughs> um, well, it's about it's about my a little bit of it starts with me growing up and some of the stuff that I I encountered. Um, you know, some traumatic things before the age of probably fifteen. Um, including the death of my father, um, some like just just stuff that I went through, uh, my best friend dying and then uh, me coming into the police service. And then I kind of jumped forward into recent times that that was just kind of give you a bit of a background on me to understand me when I was telling more of my story later in life. Mm-hmm. It might explain how I ended up where I was. So then I talk about um, my my spiritual awakening later, my battles with addictions um, and my mental health, my diagnosis of um, cumulative PTSD and severe anxiety due to um, traumas in my life, mostly, mostly though during my police career. Mm-hmm. And then um, leading up to 
the the incident, um, the trigger incident that kind of, I, I say it was a straw that broke the camel's back. Like I had two years left of my career and I was at a call and it was a major critical incident call um, in Toronto. And I kind of, uh, yeah, that it put me over. I fought it. I fought it like I fought all the other calls that I'd gone to that were horrible. But this one, um, this one was horrendous. And I was familiar with the area that it happened in because I grew up there. So to see um, the, the the carnage and the and the and and just the people and and their faces and the fear and it just got me. It got me. And um, I fell deep into addictions shortly thereafter. Um, I lost, I mean, I didn't ever lose my faith in God, but I never turned to him. I didn't turn to him for help. I didn't have a relationship with him. I knew I loved him. I knew I believed in him, but I never turned to him. So you would say I didn't have a relationship with him until I did, which was Mm -hmm. an amazing turnaround for me. And I, I, I remember when I was younger, praying to God and asking him to take care of people that I loved. And I'd go through the list, you know, start with my mom, my dad, my sisters, and then you, you extend it from there. I never, ever asked him for anything for me. I didn't. Um, and I never realized that until I, I think about it now. And um, I did, I taught, I, I, I did when I was, uh, and I knew I was killing myself slowly when I was at home, drinking myself to death, not being able to stop. And I, it was, Nobody knew I was alone, right? I lived alone. I was the master of my own um, actions. And this was one thing I didn't have control of. And I just, uh, I don't know what it was. I just looked up and I went, God, I really need you here, man. Like you're, you're, I, I need help. I have anybody. I need you, please. And uh, a few days later, I had an appointment with my doctor. And um, I said to her, which was like uncalled, like it was like, nobody does this. You're sent there against your will, I said, I need to go to a rehab and I, cause I need help. I can't do it on my own. And she, uh, she agreed with me and that was the, so this is part of my story, right? Just going into all of, all of those emotions and everything that happens. And then being told that I'm, I'm ordered off work and I can't go to work anymore when I've always been working since I was 13 and my career being over basically, because I took that step forward to get help. If I had hidden it and tried to suffer through it, yeah, I could have pulled it off. Maybe I would have came out of it. Maybe I wouldn't have. But if I came out of it, it still would have been there. And it would have came out at some other point with some other trigger. And I wouldn't have gotten the help I needed because maybe I would have already been retired. Maybe I already left. Or maybe it would have hit me even harder, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in that moment, so that that that's covered in the, in the book. Um, but I... Like, I want to go into the rehab itself. I never got to write, wrote about that. I ran out of words. But I think people want to know. I think people want to know exactly what it's like to be in a rehab. And I was a 49-year-old woman when I went in, a police officer at that. You know, there's people from, there was people from all over Canada that come there because it's a world-renowned institution. Lots of different programs, not just alcohol um related medicine. Uh, I stayed there for post-traumatic stress disorder recovery. So I stayed there for a total of 16 weeks in 2019. And I'm proud to say that I'm sober. I will be sober two years in May. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, So it worked. 
there's a 20%. Well, it, it could, it could not like if I fail in a month, then it didn't work, but that's not going to happen. But there's a 20% um, success rate only, believe it or not, from people relapsing. Like it's, it's one of the hardest things that I ever had to do. Although, and like people don't understand it. It's like, well, why don't you just stop? Like, if I can't, it's a disease. Like it really is a disease. Um, and until you're in it, you don't see it and you can really judge people when, until you're living it. And it's really frustrating to not have control over your own self. And I realized that, and I realized I was killing myself, isolating myself, cutting myself off from people, hating people, making, um, making dates to go to places, buying tickets to go to things, knowing full well that I was going to cancel like an hour before. Right. So I didn't have to answer to anybody and why I didn't buy a ticket. And then when I asked for help and I went to the rehab and I came out the other side, it was harder than harder than anything because now I didn't have the, the oversight. I didn't have anyone watching me. I didn't have help. I could do whatever I wanted. I could leave the rehab and go right to a bar if I wanted. Nobody would say anything. I didn't have to do any more pee tests or answer to anybody. I was free. So it was, it was hard. It was really hard. And then because of the PTSD and the mental illness, my brain, it just didn't work. Like I was a relatively intelligent person and I felt like, I just felt like dumb as a stop. Like I just couldn't, I couldn't think, I couldn't remember. I would get lost when I drove places. My mind couldn't focus. I couldn't finish one task. It was awful until I just accepted it and went, oh, well, this is going to be like this for I don't know how long. You know, instead of getting mad at myself, just laugh at myself when stupid things would happen. I would just laugh. And then um, I need, I wanted to get baptized. I started going back to church. I wanted to get baptized. And then COVID hit. And the church is closed down. And I'd done all the pre-work to get um, baptized. But I had to wait. And then I was the first one to get baptized. I, I call it, I'm a COVID baby. I got baptized in my church. <laughs> we did it with the mask on and my pastor got COVID two weeks later. Like that was the weird part, right? It was like too weird. So he was like, should we wear the mask? Should we not? And I'm like, oh, we can wear it. I'll take it off when you dunk me and whatever. So, and then he gets COVID, not from me, but, um, and then I swear, I, I was telling Jason that I can't even explain to you what happened. And you might, you probably understand being Christians yourself, but when I got baptized, it was like, I don't, I can't, things were starting to get better. I was starting to get my mind back just in that one week before the baptism. And when I got baptized, it was like, bam, I was back. With the yeah. I was back. Re oh, it was like, this came, my brain came back. My smarts came back, my wit, my passion, my focus. And I was on fire. And I needed to learn, like I needed to feed my brain. And I started signing up for coaching courses because I wanted to feed me. Like I wanted to better me and get my brain thinking in the positive way. And just coming from such a dark, empty place to. Ah. <laughs> Amen. That's what it was. Yeah. And so from dark to light. it's been wonderful. Like it's just the things that have come across into my life and the people and the opportunities has just been incredible. And now I know about my relationship with God that, um, you know, I, I am never alone and I, 
I'm guilty of not telling him everything and talking to him because it's kind of like having a husband. I got rid of one, so I wouldn't have to tell him everything and answer. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of got God and I talked to him and yeah, I run things by him and it just feels good. It just feels amazing. Well, drugs. I'm so mad that I can't go to church. Right. And you can guarantee that that is part of, and you might have experienced this with your walk when you you first dive in, you've got all that passion, and the enemy tries to do everything he can to take that away. Mm-hmm. He wants to get you into that place where you're you're not hot, you're not cold, but you're lukewarm. And uh, I guarantee you that what you're seeing right now is in some way a spiritual battle along those lines. He's trying yeah. to separate yeah. those those who have the passion from those who don't. Right. I mean, the devil uses alcohol and drugs and depression and, and all these tools that he has at his at his fingertips to attack people. And and that's what was happening to you. The devil was getting into your head and he was he was giving you addictions and he was giving you weaknesses to not be able to fight those addictions on your own. And he was giving you depression and, and all these things. And he was eating away from your memory and just tearing you apart. And you didn't even realize it was him, but it was. And as soon as you came to God and was baptized, the protection came up and you pushed the devil out of you. And God was there to put you back together again and instantly gave your mind back, helped you with your, to fight your addictions and set you on the path that you're supposed to be on. Amen. You know, I'm curious with your, uh, with what you've shared so far, you mentioned that you went several years where you were kind of hiding your, your addictions and, and still functioning, um, with, in the work environment. Did you feel God's call on you during that period? During all the previous years? Um, yeah. No, I, I don't, I don't think, I mean, I, I didn't come to him. I really, I didn't. Um, I think, I think because I was just, I wasn't a person to ask for help. Right. Mm-hmm. I, it was my will, my way. I never asked for help. I didn't need help. I could do, I could do whatever needed to be done myself without asking somebody else. And I could do it better. Like that was my, it was stinking thinking. That's what you call it. Hardening um, of the attitudes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I thought that made me a strong, independent woman. But it made me a lonely woman whose will was taking her to a place that God didn't want for me. God doesn't, didn't want me to sit on the couch and drink my life away and be depressed and alone and watch Netflix all day and then, you know, pass out and go to bed and then wake up and do the same thing again. And I knew I didn't want to do it, yet I kept doing it. until it's compulsion. And, yeah, until I didn't. Until he went, I think he just went, well, it's about time you asked for my help. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, I mean, yeah. And it just came so naturally. Like it just, and and for me to say, you know, I accept Jesus Christ as my savior. Like those were words that were very awkward. Like it just never came naturally to me. Um, and now it just, it just comes naturally now. I'm, I'm, I have a weekly woman's Bible study on Wednesdays that I do. I love these women and, and listening to them and studying the word of God and then the, the church, but I don't really go 
to on Sundays <laughs> going there. Um, is your church still open? No, not my original one. So no. it's kind of, um, are you part of that underground church now? No. <laughs> not as far as you know. <laughs> if she says that they're going to show up at her door. <laughs> right. Right. On Sunday, he'll have the cops outside of the door and follow me. What's but, this church uh, you speak of? <laughs> and I hadn't been in weeks because I was on lockdown, right? And I mean, I try and stream it, but it's just not the same thing as being there, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not. No. It's not. And then, uh, and probably because I'm lying in my bed in my pajamas when I'm, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm not getting up. And I'm, <laughs> I'm doing the stuff I'm supposed to be doing. Um, but yeah, I, I need it. It's like, it. I don't know, it, it, it completes you. That's how I it does. There's a God-shaped hole in each and every one of us, and we will do everything in our power to plug something else into that hole, but nothing fits mm-hmm. except him. Mm-hmm. Right. Your your story, I was I was just, you know, as I'm listening to your story, um, I, I, it's, it is it is a, a very amazing story and certainly has a, a lot of lows and highs, and there's a big comparison. But, you know, I think we all go through a very similar thing. You know, uh, what you were describing, you know, it kind of reminded me of uh, what the Bible says about us. He says he comes, he resists the proud and comes alongside the humble. You know, the Apostle Paul said, it's in my weakness that God is strong, and so now I boast about my weakness. You know, here yeah. you're, you were saying, you know, hey, I didn't want to ask God for help. I felt like I could do things better. You know, it's it's the flesh. I think we're all, you know, you don't, I certainly wouldn't uh, point fingers at you because we all are that way in the flesh. You know, we all think, hey, we can do it on our own. And, and it's not until we come to that point where we say, look, God, I need you that he can come alongside and do some amazing things. And obviously he's done that in your life. Yeah. And what makes me angry is that I never asked him before. <laughs> all those wasted years. <laughs> I know. All those years when I could have just said, hey, can you give me a hand down here? And, and he would have. Like, he would have. And I didn't. I just, I did it. I did what I wanted to do. And that led me down a path that I was, could have been completely different. Well, you know, we can always say shoulda, coulda, woulda. But you know, the fact is, is now you have a tremendous story that you can share with other people. And a lot of people, they, they have the same story. It just isn't so, um, you know, it isn't as obvious. You know, we all have pride and we all have to be humbled, but your, your story just speaks volumes. So I know you're going to help a lot of people by sharing that story. I hope so. And that's why I'm doing it because I, you're, you're right. Like so many, I, I know I kept my secret for a very, very long time until I couldn't keep the secret anymore. Mm. And there, I know there's tons of other people out there. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what? I thought it was the end of the world for me. I thought everything I worked for was over, but you know, I would have been over and there wouldn't have been anything anyway. And and right now I can't even picture being in that other life. I can't like it, that wasn't even a life. I right. feel like I am living now. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Well, also think of it this way. You know, we live what at tops 120 years or so on this planet. And, you know, <laughs> our decisions when it comes to, you know, our, our accepting of Christ and making him the leader of our life, that change, that impacts eternity. <laughs> so, you know, eh, you drug your feet for what, 40 some years, that eh, ain't nothing but a grain of sand on the beach. When, you know, <laughs> when right. you think of, you got eternity with him now. So. No, it's true. I know. Yeah. Yeah. 
true. And a very powerful testimony. And, you know, uh, in fact, the Bible tells us also that, uh, you know, God helps us in our time of weakness, you know, in the struggles that we go through. And then he turns around and, and uses us to help people in the same way. So, you know, you're going to help a lot of people with your testimony. And uh, so, you know, hey, I'm going to be praying for you that God does some big things. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you mentioned in your letter that you would love to be a guest speaker at venues. Have you have you looked into that anymore for opportunities? Well, I don't have any venues yet? <laughs> oh, yeah. that's uh, true. So I do a lot of podcasts, which I think is the second best thing, right? To get right. your word out. Um, First best thing, probably, right? <laughs> <laughs> that an Oprah show? I don't know. Says the man with the podcast. <laughs> That's true. Um, so yes, but I do. Like I want to once. Um, once I mean, if things go back, I mean, I could do it through Zoom too, right? So I'm just, I'm mm-hmm. just trying to get my feet actually, right, with the podcast. I'm just, I didn't even know what podcasts were, so this is like all learning experience for me to different yeah. ways I can, I can reach people. You know, I, besides, you should start your own show. Really? Oh, Absolutely. God. You could interview other women and share your testimony with one hundred percent. Write your own 100%. story. One hundred percent. You should start your own show. It's super easy to do. Okay. I'll take not to ma- not to mention the fact that you seem to have kind of that ability, you know, just to speak. So yeah, yeah. I'm, I'd listen to it. You're very comfortable to listen to. So that's yeah. that's a good yeah. thing. Oh, thanks, guys. And so, I like the way you say about. <laughs> <laughs> about. About. It's the only thing. I, I, it's the only way I can tell that you're Canadian is just that that one little phrase about. <laughs> I thought it was A. Oh, yeah, that yeah, too. But I haven't heard you say that. <laughs> I even type it when I somebody told me they got COVID and their whole family got COVID. I just spoke to them last week. And I said, shit, 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 A? <laughs> a on the back of it. I'm like, why did I do that? <laughs> That's funny. Canadian thing. It's what Canadians do. <laughs> too yeah. nice. That's why we're getting pushed around out here, man. It's crazy. Yeah. You guys need more TV shows. Like, do you remember Strange Brew? Do you watch Strange Brew? Uh, no. Did you watch that movie? Strange Brew? Really? It came out in the 80s. Was that Bob and Doug McKenzie? Yeah. Okay, maybe I have seen it. Yeah. It, the whole movie is about them visiting the uh, Pabst Blue Ribbon factory. <laughs> I think I have seen that. Like, in another life. Yeah. I, I don't recall it, but yeah. I just remember parts. He, he fed his dog beer. So all they did was drink beer. It's funny. Where yeah. are you going with that? Nowhere. It's, 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 a? It's, Old they humor. said A. Oh. I remember. McKenzie, eh? Yeah. I remember when that song came out, The Great White North. The Great White Bob North. Bob and Doug McKenzie <laughs> and Getty <laughs> Lee from Rush actually was on it. And he's a, they're a Toronto based band, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. You guys are weird. <laughs> Indeed. It's okay. Yeah. So what's next, Sir Jason? Well, uh, Kim, if you don't have anything else you would like to add, um, we would like to play a game with you. Okay. <laughs> Sounds intimidating, doesn't it? Um, it does what, sound intimidating, but it's what not. What kind Let's of game are we game. talking about? <laughs> you have to remember, she's a police officer, so she's probably thinking along the lines of that movie, Saw. You know? <laughs> <That's right. laughs> 
I want to I play again. I watched all of those, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we play uh, two games on the show, and so uh, we'll give you the choice. We play uh, Bible trivia, and we play Would You Rather, and it's Oh, Would You Rather? Would You Rather? I figured it's as much. A lot of people choose that one. Um, Okay. It just sounds intriguing. It just yeah. kind of draws you to it. It's Bible trivia is intimidating because it's so easy to get so many questions wrong that you feel horrible about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I should know that. Well, last show, I I always ask the questions and these guys go head to head. <laughs> so the week before, they said, I think it's your turn to answer some questions. I'm like, okay. And so I went today against Nathan and did horrible and then oh. i'm like well i have to redeem myself so i did it by myself and did horrible <laughs> bible it's very humbling <laughs> trivia trivial trivia in general is very humbling so i think i mentioned in a couple of podcasts ago my daughter actually is like a she loves the show friends you know from like yeah. i think that was what 90s or early 2000s i don't know whenever it was out and uh i had seen them you know back in my past life and she was she there was this friends trivia night and she said oh we got to go to that so our whole family you know my son his fiance we all went to this friends trivia and she said oh you guys going to help we'll be a team and you're going to help me i realized how bad i am at trivia i have seen all those shows but i could not think of anything and then they would say the answer and oh yeah that's right you know oh man trivia is just a mess <laughs> and i'm no good at it so i was i i think i answered let me think Zero of them, right, within the time frame. Would you rather? There you go. <laughs> I feel like I just tra was transported to South America or Mexico or something. Yes. In the Caribbean. Would you rather? That's still drums. I'll do that to you. Would you rather? Um, where'd it go? Oh, spend one hour in heaven. Or one week with Jesus on earth? Oh, with Jesus on earth. Why? Because you said heaven. Well, I don't know if I'm going to see him up there. I might just see a bunch of other people or nobody. But you, in, if I stay on earth, I could actually like hang out <laughs> right. with him. Yeah, the one-on-one -on -one time That's factor there really, really yeah, plays in oh, like, to the answer. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. It's a good response. Yeah. So what is it, an hour, an hour, an hour in, in heaven. heaven? An hour in heaven. Which, <laughs> you got to remember. No more pain, no more tears, right? Uh, see, that would be hard to have that release, that yeah. no more nothing except happiness and joyfulness and, and, and the presence of God and then, and then take it back up. That would be hard. However... A day in heaven is a thousand years on earth. Yeah. So what's an hour? So oh, yeah, it's it. so it's an true. Rude. What's an hour? <laughs> Trying to play math on us at seven o'clock at night. <laughs> yeah, you probably wouldn't be looking at your watch. Of course you wouldn't have a watch. So an hour in heaven would be um Well let's break that down. Uh, if a day is a thousand uh, years, twenty four hundred fifty hundred and fifty days. I'm not sure that was meant to be literal, but hey, I might be wrong. <laughs> Who knows? I would rather spend a week with Jesus on earth. Well, I'll, I'll be in heaven for eternity later. I'll I take would, my week with Jesus, and that that would you know be pretty would like incredible. With that week, I would have him tell me all the stories about all of the uh, all the stuff that didn't make it into the the 
the, the New right. Testament. You know? The stuff that would fill up those books, yes. as John said. Yeah, because it yeah. talks about he you couldn't fill up or you'd fill up every book in the world. Yeah. But I, I want to hear that. Could you imagine if you could have a one on one and talk to him and ask him all like Yeah. Wow. Like I there's not even any words. Or what or, oh, oh, me? How would you ask him? <laughs> I would love to be able to, to to hear the Sermon on the Mount from its first perspective when it was first told. Like to be there, experience the fishes and the loaves of bread and mm-hmm. just to see that. Yeah, and you know he, he you know he shared a lot in between all that. Even even the Sermon on the Mount, there was probably so much more to it. And so you get the full, you know, the un the unabridged version. Just to walk as one of his disciples, even if you're one of the unnamed disciples, you know, <laughs> just to have that experience would be just amazing. Yeah, that would be cool. So Nate, you're saying you would pick the time with Jesus? Absolutely. Okay. So yeah, I was going to try to, you know, I always try to take a different, uh, you know, a different take, different on take it. when I can. I think Jason got you on that one though, because of changing the whole a thousand right. years right. of the day. Right, exactly. <laughs> I think he got the the angle on that. <laughs> well, I started to think about, you know, the heaven thing and yeah, that would certainly have an impact on my life. I'm not sure exactly how I would be in awe, you know, it would be amazing. But then I'm thinking, you know, what what would be more valuable for the rest of my life? See, you know, people that claim to have, you know, experienced the afterlife, you know, most people don't take them seriously. They're probably not going to take me seriously if I spent a week with Jesus either. But the training that I would receive, Amen. <laughs> you know, I would be much more ready to finish whatever needed to be done here. So I'd be prepared for heaven. So, yeah, I, I would actually have to say the exact same thing. Yeah. I'll take a week with Jesus. You know, when you spend an afternoon with this really wise old man and he's like grandpa you know a wise grandpa and um he's just teaching these little these little sermonettes tips that you just kind of carry with you your whole life the little nuggets can you imagine the nuggets that come from jesus yeah you'd have a whole yeah, wheelbarrow. You'd full have of to them. write a book. <laughs> That's right. That's kind of what they did. That's kind of what they did. to write the New Testament. If you were with them, you could take a selfie, and then everybody would know. <laughs> a, true. A selfie. <laughs> boy, I forgot. I didn't even think about. It. I was not even bringing technology no, into no. it. Crazy. Got to say. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> see, see, I'm not. I'm, I'm never. I never think about that. Like the tech. Yeah, it's 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 all. I tend to think of these only in terms of myself. I don't ever think of them in terms of how I can use it for Like, others. I'll see something really cool happening, and I'm just watching it. And everybody else is like, you know, got their phones out. I didn't even think about grabbing my phone. Well, I'm like so you know, old school. I, I used to grab my phone all the time, but I'll tell you what it was is that I went to so many, I'm a music lover, and I've gone to so many concerts and missed half the concert because I was goofing around my phone. So now I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to appreciate the concert. I'll get a little clip maybe here and there, but I'm not going to do anything because the recordings turn out like garbage anyway. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. I just want to, I want to experience it and not worry about it. So yeah, I probably wouldn't. I'd forget I had a phone until after the weekend. It's like, oh man, I probably should have taken some pictures or done some recording. <laughs> oh, well. Okay. Next one. Would you rather live as long as Methuselah? 969 years or Jesus 33 years. Oh. Oh, that's Isn't there an in between? Why don't you go first, Jason? <laughs> that's easy for me. <laughs> Which one you pick? Jesus 33 years. Why? I don't want to live to be 100, let alone 969. 
Why? Because I, the quicker I get off the devil's earth, the better I'll be. That's a lot of time. Oh, good answer. That's a good lot answer. of time. Okay. All right. How about you, Kim? What's your thoughts on that one? I would say 33 years old as well, because if I live to be 900 and something, I would see all those people I love die. Oh, yeah. I have that yeah, same yeah. thought. Interesting perspective. Yes. Mm-hmm. So true. Mm-hmm. Although the interesting thing is Methuselah actually knew Adam. Did he? Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Hmm. What book has Methuselah talked about? Genesis. Genesis. Oh, yeah. well, of course he knew yep. Adam. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yep. So 33 or yeah, 33, 33. Uh, I, you know, boy, that's a tough one. Now this guy's going to be like, that'd be giving me 969 years to bring people I'll, to Christ. I, <laughs> <laughs> See, he knows that's me too well. Because that is seriously what I was thinking. I'm like, you know, I'm leaning towards, yeah, I would hate to be on this planet for that many years. I mean, just the thought I, I am 55 years old and I already have enough aches and pains to, you know, make up for, you know, ah, <laughs> uh, uh, I just, the thought of 900 and some years of aches and pains just makes me ache. Mm. But, uh, and I know we don't have 900 and some odd years. I just don't believe on this earth. I believe Jesus is going to come before that. But knowing what I know now, I would certainly probably pick the ladder and do everything I could to take as many people with me and realize that. I'll take a break and I'll relax when I get to heaven. Mm. So yeah, I, I would take it and I would take the bullet. There you go. Well, and not because I like to live. <laughs> look at all the Don't look at all the millions that. of people that are trying to bring people to Christ, and look how few are actually there. And and God knows everybody that's coming already. So whether you're here doing it or not doesn't change anything. Well, you know, I, I don't know. I kind of want to throw this one to Kim here real quick. Um, with your background, you were talking about those years when you were kind of walking by yourself and doing things your own way. What could somebody have said to you during that time that would have made you stop and consider Christ? Well, probably what happened when I did stop and consider Christ, uh, it was intervention. Um, who I'm, Who I am, which is, it was so weird how he came back into my life, but my landlord is a devout Christian and he was the one who brought me back. And I brought in my psych and my, um, physiology, uh, what do you say? The physiologist, Physi- physical therapist, physical therapist. Yeah. Both of them within the span, like, a, she just, I, I, I went to her for my back thing and we're chatting and she asked about my history and I told her about my recent, you know, what it had, what was going on in my life. And she just went, will you go to church with me? Just like that. And and I was like, what? I go, <laughs> sure I will. Because I was, lo- you know, I'd gone to a couple churches. I was looking for a church and she goes, and later she goes, I never do that. She goes, but I just had a, I just had to, I had to mm. get you. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and that was That's the God same. right there. Yeah. And Peter, who's who's my other friend, he said, when he talks to me, and it's always funny because when he calls and we get on a subject, it's as if God has has gotten him to call me because the message had to be relayed to me through him, you know, and it's always something relevant. I'm like, how come he's calling me? This is so weird. And how come we're talking about this? How does he know? <laughs> and he'll go, I didn't know, Kim. It's God. <laughs> 
it's like, you know, and I've had that a lot, like people, like God is speaking to them, to me. So that's what I think. It's just had somebody come, nobody came to me. Nobody came to me. I mean, yeah, I think if somebody had just come to me and, and I was open at the time, you know, um, then I perhaps could have gotten back. I could have gotten, you know, found my way faster Mm -hmm. earlier. Do you think looking back, do you think you were open? No, no, because, because I was, you know what my, my thought process was then, because I, I know, I knew I should go to church, but I was like, well, I don't have to go to church because God knows that I'm, I'm thinking of him and I can talk to him from anywhere. I don't have to go to church. And I was like, I don't want to get up early on a Sunday and and spend an hour because it's boring. That was how I thought. And now it's like, when's Sunday coming? I got to go. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I look forward to Sunday. Yeah, I'm the same way with Bible study on Wednesdays. So for our listeners, I, I kind of yeah, want to echo off of something that Kim just shared there. It you're you're probably going to notice this wave pattern in people's lives of highs and lows, and there are or there are going to be these moments when they're open and they're receptive to uh, the Word of God and to to a relationship with Christ. You're never going to know when they are or when they're not which means you need to you need to reach them at all times. And it, because it might be that you plant a seed that blooms into something down the line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's how our God works. He will take whatever little activity you give him as minuscule as it may be and he will turn it into a a a a wonderful blooming tree in terms of their relationship with him. So just walk in faith, share your faith as, as Christ calls us to do, and do so with, with love and, and, and be gentle because people are hurting. So thank you. Absolutely. Okay. Let's do Christian Songs of the Week. Do you have a Christian song? So explain to her why you're asking this. Well, I'm, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> Just let the man finish. We we do Christian songs of the week. Um, I don't know if you've heard the show or not. Um, and so if you have a song that me, you know means something to you that you would like to share with the audience that maybe they can listen to for the first time or agree with you because they listen to it too, that you would like to share. Um, this is the segment for that Christian songs of the week to open up people's awareness about songs that are uplifting. Yes. So do you have a song that, that speaks to you? Holy, um, I wasn't prepared. Um, and I'm the worst person. I know songs, but I can't ever think of the names of them. I'm the worst. <laughs> Same with non-Christian songs. But I mean, um, I mean, they're my. Uh, but everybody, it's everybody's favorite. And would you call it a Christian song? Amazing Grace. Would you say that's a Christian? Absolutely, song? absolutely to him. Absolutely. Do you have a particular artist that you really like to hear uh, the sing that song? Oh gosh. Um, d- oh. Um, Oh, I was going to say Carrie Underwood, but I think she sings another Christian song. It's not Amazing Grace. Um, does this going to sound weird? Does Miley Cyrus sing Amazing Grace? I think she might too. I don't know. It's been, it, you know, a lot of people have done versions of it. 
Oh yeah, hundreds yes. probably. What's the version that we do? Um, oh, we do uh, well. The Amazing Grace, my chains are gone. It was a Chris Tomlin. Chris Tomlin. Um, he added a, a chorus to it, but yeah, it's 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 a it's kind of it's based off of Amazing Grace. He, it's a contemporary he kinda, version. Yeah. He just kind of made it his own. You should definitely check it out by Chris Tomlin. Yeah, okay. um, yeah, it's it's fantastic. It's probably the best version I've heard of that song. What's yours, Jason? <sighs> Unstoppable God by Elevation Worship. Nice. Yeah, Unstoppable God. He is unstoppable, isn't he? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, the Bible says that we are more than conquerors, right? So uh, that super means conquerors. that uh, super conquerors. That means Romans eight twenty eight. Is that? Am I, did I get that right? It is Romans eight. I don't know exactly what verse, but uh, yeah. Hey, my hat's off to you. Cool. <laughs> so uh, I guess I'll share mine. Uh, mine is, I'm going to go back a few years to uh, the early 2000s, a group by the name of Down Here. Uh, they're Canadian, by the way. <laughs> and I saw them live here uh, in uh, the Columbus area. Uh, they do a song called Free Me Up. And I have to share just uh, real quickly some lyrics. So why I like this song, the song just talks about how we just, you know, we need to strip off every chain that slows us down, you know, all the stuff that focuses on the world. And so he says in this song, I'm giving up my electro TV things because I don't need, I, I never need anything like that again. I'm living on the move. I want to drop these chains. And, well, you'll be surprised at what I've left behind. It keeps me looking upward. And then he goes on to say, you free me up to live this life far from any earthly sense of home. And there's a place where I belong, but there's nothing here I really own. And the second verse, he says, do you deem this to be extreme behavior? A little bit too ideal? You call it young man's fever. But I've got my treasure stored beyond heaven's gates, and you'd be surprised what lies behind them. It keeps me looking upward. Just uh, that song has kind of like been my theme song, just for for just you know, letting go of our love of the earth and just keep our our eyes fixed on heaven. So there you go. That's my, and it's a snappy little tune as well. So. <laughs> So for me, I'm going to go with a, uh, an, a little older song by Sidewalk, Sidewalk Prophets. Uh, it is the title track to one of their albums. Uh, it's called Live Like That. And um, mm. quite frankly, the whole album is just spectacular. So give it a that listen to it. That is good. To. It's a good album. Um, but the song starts off with, Sometimes I think, what will people say of me when I'm only just a memory, when I'm home where my soul belongs? Was I love when no one else would show up? Was I Jesus to the least of us? Was my worship more than just a song? Mm. Hmm. All right. And then it goes into the chorus, I want to live like that. So uh, give it, a, give it a, a listen to it. It's, a, it's definitely a few years old. I think 2012-ish, maybe. I could be wrong on that. But um, very, very good band. They just put out a new album this year. And it's, I think they only put out an album about once every five years. So they're... Highly recommended. Mm. Good stuff. I think I'll check that out. Well, we uh, are out of time. Um, Kim, it was such a pleasure having you on the show. Absolutely. Thank you, gentlemen. Pleasure being here. Yeah, you're a fantastic guest. Um, and I'm serious. You should start your own show. And if you need any help, let me know. I'll, I'll, I'll walk you right through the process. Um, I think you would enjoy it. And you would definitely get, get your 
get your word out and um and help hundreds, thousands, possibly tens of thousands of people across the nation. Uh, you wouldn't believe how podcasts are blowing up right now. I have 10 countries listening to this show right now. And um, you've been doing it, what, like a month, two? Two months. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is crazy. Not yet. 12th episode, ninth full episode, eighth, eighth full episode. Yeah. So it, it, it spreads. So if you, want the, if you want as many people to hear you, um, and you know, definitely do it. It's a good way to do and, it. Yeah. Send me an email if you, if you want to go that direction, I'll be happy to help you. Um, wow. Oh boy. So I'll have no spare time. <laughs> <laughs> um, Holy, do I get the two guys on either side? <laughs> <laughs> I probably have to get your own guys, but <laughs> <laughs> love to. <Story> of my life. <laughs> Little limited on time. I do. I do want to share before we let you go. You don't um, want to come up here anyways. You'll have to quarantine for oh, two. Yeah. Years. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going anywhere near the border. So <laughs> I, I do want to say thank you as well because I know in today's modern world, uh, being a police officer isn't as recognized as what it should be. Mm -hmm. um, so I want to say thank you for your years of service to the Absolutely. public. Absolutely, and that's something that uh, just thank you. I guess is really what Absolutely. I'm trying to say. Absolutely, peacekeepers very important. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. So we uh, we typically like to close the show with a prayer. Would you Would you like to do that for us today? Oh God, it's up to you. <laughs> oh, sorry. I thought I started. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. Um, sure, it'll be short and sweet. I usually let other people do this, but That's fine. Um, God, thank you for bringing us all here today and being able to um, just be in your light and enjoy your company and the company of each other and talk of your word and share what we can with others it, with the intent of helping them and bringing them to you so that they can enjoy and feel all that we feel in your love and your embrace. Um, thank you. Thank you. Amen. 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 In Jesus Very name. Nice. Amen. Well, you enjoy the rest of your evening. Yes, you do. All right. Good, Be in touch. Good night. You too. <laughs> Absolutely. She was awesome. That's all we have for the night. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening and uh, please support the show, subscribe, share, and leave comments and ratings. Uh, it helps us in the algorithm and helps other people find the show much easier than it took you to find the show. And tell your friends. Right. Say goodnight, Rick. Goodnight, Rick. Good night, Nate. Good night, Nate. Good night, everybody. Peace. Peace.